Welcome to the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer. We believe this teaching from God's Word will empower you to live a full, impactful life in Christ. Let's dig in. A certain man was without strength in his feet, was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb, who had never walked. Luke here drills down on this man's condition. Without strength in his feet, sitting because he couldn't stand, Crippled from the womb, who had never walked, to show us how hopeless was his situation. I think there's some folk in this room that got some hopeless situations. Who had never walked. He never walked in the past. He couldn't walk in the present. And there was no hope of him walking in the future. I believe God wants to touch some people who never. Those of us with areas of our life, we have never enjoyed what others have taken for granted. He had never walked to the grocery store across a room. He could never walk to his neighbor's house. He always needed help. We kind of complain if we just got to, you know, walk a mile. This guy prayed he could walk a mile. But as we read this text, we find out when it's your time, it's your time. And when it's your season, it's your season. And we got to learn to seize the day. This man, like men and women in this room, probably tried just about everything. Visited doctors and had doctors visit him. Cried, he prayed, he fasted. He got some good motivational books and tried to tap into mind over matter. But nothing worked until this. This man heard. You see, there's listening with the ears on your head. But the most important hearing happens deep down in your heart. And until you hear there, you have not yet heard what you need to hear. He heard not just with the ears on his head, but in his heart. He finally heard what the preacher had been saying. He heard Paul speaking. It matters who you listen to. It said you become like the top five people you spend your most time with. But I like to stress that a little bit. You really become like the top five people you listen to most. You will not get better results in life until you start making better choices about who you pay attention to. (laughs) 
Paul observing him intently. Paul not only kept his eyes on the road, he was not only paying attention to his message, he also was paying attention to the room. And while I'm ministering, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to hear what God said, but I'm also listening to what your hearts are saying. And you pull out of me, I can't explain it, things that I wouldn't otherwise say, and I'll do things I wouldn't ordinarily do. And seeing that he had faith to be healed. Now, this is hard to explain, but if it's happened to me once, it's happened to me a hundred times. There are times that you can see, literally see, when God grips a heart. Because when he does, it brings a confidence. It brings an intensity and a boldness and a brightness that only God can bring. Exodus 34 tells us when Moses came down from Mount Sinai, his face shined. And the people were so afraid, they asked him to cover his face. Acts chapter 6 says, Stephen preached so, so, so powerfully that while he was preaching, his face shone like an angel. And when God's face really shines on you, you can't help but reflect it. So Paul is preaching this message, but he keeps getting drawn to a certain area. He, he sees in the spirit something happened. There's a brightness. I can't explain it, but just know God is at work. And Paul said with a loud voice. How many of you have ever been to a big construction project? Yeah. Just like a construction project. When God's at work, when God's doing construction in people, things can get loud. Now, loud doesn't necessarily mean it's God, but neither does quiet. Under the direction of the Holy Spirit, volume can minister sometimes as strongly as silence. Now, God, my Bible says, I believe it's Romans 13, all authority is from God. So God is the originator of all authority, and he takes special pleasure. He enjoys when his children express that authority. So Paul didn't whisper, and sometimes there's a time to whisper, there's a time to, to talk low, but there's also a time to raise your voice. With a loud voice, says, stand up straight on your feet. Now, the language here should remind us of what happened in Acts chapter 3. When Peter and John were going into to prayer, and they met a lame man at the gate beautiful. How many of you remember that, that, that narrative? And in that, that, that story, Peter saw the man, took him by the hand to heal him. But here, Paul does something else. Instead of like Peter picking the man up by the hand, Paul picks him up by his voice. But in the verse I'm about to read to you, Paul left out something that Peter was careful to make sure he left in. 
What we were experiencing and sensing was not just church, it was the Holy Spirit. It wasn't just the enthusiasm of people because I can't say I'm super excited at the moment. It was the spirit of Jesus Christ. But let me read and that will become important in a moment. And Peter, this is back to chapter 3, fixing his eyes on him with John, both of those guys could discern that God was about to do something. Peter said to the lame man, look at us. So he gave them attention, expecting what to receive something from them. So this man wanted some pocket change, but God wanted to change this man's life. This man wanted a little help in his condition, but God wanted to change the condition itself. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. The man just was asking for a little bit of change. God brought him real change. Then Peter responded, silver and gold I do not have, but, 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 you may not have all the money you want, but, you might not have all the friends you want, but, you might not be able to go everywhere you want to go, but, what I do have, what I do know, what I do have experience with, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. The reason Peter used the name of Jesus was so that only the person bearing the name could get the credit for the miracle. We saw how Peter did it, but now let's watch Paul, Acts 14.10. Paul said with a loud voice, almost identical situation, lame man, mother's womb, stand up straight on your feet. How many remember in Numbers chapter 20, when God told Moses to speak to the rock, he got tired and frustrated with the people and he hit the rock. How many of y'all remember that? And he didn't do as God commanded. But what's amazing about that verse, and I didn't get it for a long time, because sometimes our ministry is not about us as much as meeting the needs of the people. Despite the fact he didn't do it exactly the way God wanted him to do it, water still came out the rock. Sometimes God does miracles through us, not because of us, but despite us. Despite the fact Paul left a little something out, the man still arose. And he leaped and walk just like the man at the gate, beautiful. Now when the people had saw what he had done, the miracle changed the man, but without the mention of the name, the miracle did not impact the theology of the people watching. Peter said, In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. 
Paul just says, stand up on your feet. And he left out the name, the name, the name, the name, the name. It reminds me of that song that people used to sing, say my name, say my name, say my name. If you ain't running game, say my name, say my name, say my name. That's an early 2000 reference. <laughs> now, when the people saw what Paul had done, the miracle didn't impact their theology. You see, using the name is not just a prayer formula, it's a safeguard. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We use the name in public to let everyone know the power is because of Jesus and not because of us. When they saw what Paul had done and obviously gave credit to Paul, they raised their voices saying in the Lyconian language, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. Now, the Greeks believed that the gods at times would, would come to earth disguised as men and women. And the, the, the men and women, the people of Lystra had a, a very particular uh, uh, legend that once Zeus and, and, and Hermes came down, and when they came down, no one in Lystra offered them hospitality except one old couple. So in a fit of rage, Hermes and Zeus wiped out the entire population except for that one couple. And no one ever wanted it to happen again. So the people are thinking, the gods have come down. Look at that miracle. And Barnabas, verse 12, they called Zeus. Barnabas probably had an air of authority. It was probably a, a regalness about Barnabas. And Paul, he called, uh, they called Hermes because he was the chief speaker. He was the talkative one, the chatty one, the one that wouldn't shut up and kept talking to everybody. <laughs> but because humans have a propensity for idolatry, Paul, publicly forgetting to give credit where credit was due, watch what's about to happen. I'm often invited to prayer at various places, and then they'll make the comment, you know, would you be inclusive in your prayer and not mention the name? And I'll have to gently say, do you realize who you just called? That's the only name. That's the only reason I do what I do, that great name. I'm a follower of the name. And if I can't use the name, you don't want me. And Timothy Keller says this, he says, idolatry happens whenever you take good things and make them ultimate things. And people can make an idol out of ministry, happens here, 
Idols out of vehicles, out of home. I mean, every good thing God, the Bible says, gives, God gives us for our enjoyment. But it's so easy to take that good thing and make it the ultimate thing and put it above everything else. Then the priest of Zeus, whose temple was in front of the city, and again, they're calling Barnabas Zeus and Paul Hermes, brought oxen and garlands to the gates intending to sacrifice with the multitudes. When they, for, when they forgot to remind the people that Jesus was the reason, they left the people to come up with their own conclusion. And if you don't say it, don't expect people necessarily to get it right. They'll think, well, because you're powerful, because you're maybe educated, or because of this, or because of that, you got all the breaks. Very few people will recognize without the help of your mouth and the Holy Spirit the real source of your strength. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard this, they said, oops. And immediately they tried to correct this situation. They tore their clothes, and as good Jews, they were probably throwing dirt in the air. They couldn't believe how twisted folks got things. And, and they ran in among the multitude crying and saying, men, why are you doing these things? They were absolutely horrified. We are also men with the same nature as you. We need more men and women like, like, like Saul and Barnabas today. I mean, nowadays, God just used people a little bit, just a little bit. They got their nose up in the air. They require special treatment and special name tags and special parking places. I mean, just, just, a, I mean, just a little bit, just a little bit. It's amazing what we can accomplish when people are honored, but God gets all the credit. We need to honor people. If the president of the United States walked into this room, we should all stand. But believe me, any good thing he does, God deserves the credit. And we got to get that right in our thinking. He said, listen, I don't play with y'all when I preach to y'all. I preach to you that you should turn. It's not just about feeling good. It's about a change in direction. But we see here, it's not miracles alone, but sound teaching and preaching that corrects our theology and changes our thinking. We preach to you that you should turn from these useless, that's hard, this is their gods, things to the living God who made heaven, the earth, the sea, and all the things that are in them. He called their gods useless. Love cares enough to tell people the truth. And then he goes on to explain. Who in bygone generations allowed all nations to walk in their own ways. You see, God did not guide every nation by special revelation like he did with Israel. So the reality is, and we see this throughout the Bible, limited revelation, limited judgment. Yes, sir. 
The greater the revelation, the stricter the judgment. The greater the knowledge, the, the, the greater the judgment. Peter warns us this way, and we, we don't like this, but this is what he says. It would have been better to have not known the way of righteousness than to have known it and turned back. Meaning once you know something, you are held accountable to that knowledge. Nevertheless, he did not leave himself without witness in that he did good. That's complicated language. But what he was saying is despite the fact that the image of God, the character, the nature, the personality of God was somewhat blurry to the Gentile nations, God still left each of us with evidence of his goodness in our own intuition. You see, it's amazing whether you worship Allah, uh, Buddha, Mishnah, Mishnah, Krishna, somehow we celebrate selflessness versus selfishness. No matter where you are on the globe, that's in the heart of men and women. We universally celebrate courage over cowardice. We universally want to encourage right and punish wrong. But could we recognize bad if God had not first shown our hearts good. Yes, sir. So whether you know God or not, there's an ought to that's in the back of your heart and it comes from heaven. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. There's something in you that says it ought to be this way and not that way. Amen. There's something in you, whether you love God, hate God, that still says that ain't fair because God put it in our very intuition, yes. the concept of good and evil, right and wrong. And God will judge you. If you never heard the gospel, God will judge you based on how you responded to that universal intuition. Yes, sir. Then he goes on. He did good and gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. God created rain to water our crops. But he also created rain so that we could appreciate the sun. He, he gave us night to help us appreciate the day. He, he, he gave us winter to help us appreciate the spring. He, he let us face trouble so that we might value and appreciate peace. St. Augustine said this. He said, God made the earth for our bodies. The body was made for our soul but our soul was created exclusively for God. And with these sayings, they could scarcely restrain the multitudes from sacrificing to them. Even with all they said, all they did, the ripping of their clothes, the raising of their voices, it was hard to turn the situation around. Be very careful about generating hero worship. Because the same people who honor you will feel doubly betrayed when they discover you are human just like them. Those parents, those in ministry, be guarded about folks putting you on a pedestal. Yes, sir. 
because it's just a matter of time before they discover you are very much like everybody else. Then the Jews from Antioch and Iconium came there. When Paul's enemies heard of their success, they traveled over a hundred miles to hurt him. Some people will not be happy unless they make you miserable. And having persuaded the multitude, watch this, one minute he's a god. The next minute he's a devil, a demon, a criminal worthy of death. That's why I don't trust people, trust God. People are fickle. They'll love you one day, they'll hate you the next. It just take one rumor, take one mistake. And having persuaded the multitude, they what? Stoned Paul. Uh, Jewish stoning was a little different than you imagine in your mind. This time in history, what they would do is they would take you to uh, some, some sort of height, you know, at least 10 feet off the ground or so, and use, that's why with Jesus, when they were going to stone him in his hometown, the Bible says they took him to a, a hill, and he walked past right through the midst of them. So th- what they do is they take you to a high place, and then they push you off, usually to your death. But then after they push you off, they don't take little tiny rocks like you threw when you were a kid. They take big stones, and they hurl them at you. Someone said, I, I just I can't prove this, so you can research and find out for yourself. But typically, the person that was leading the uh, execution was the one that had to cast the first stone. And the first stone was a very, very large stone. He'd get the biggest. And then he would pick that stone up and slam it against the, the man or woman's chest. And if that didn't do it, he'd take another one and crush the head. And then all the other people would take their stones and do the same. So how many of y'all ever been beat up? Yeah, been there, done that. Y'all so proud. (laughs) No. Being stoned is not like getting beat up. You don't survive a stoning. They stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, rightfully supposing him to be dead. But what I want to tell you this morning, God knows how to preserve us. Maybe like Paul, you missed some steps. Maybe like Paul, you you left something out. Now, Paul, was there was nothing going wrong in his heart. He didn't mean any evil. And sometimes the things we don't do allows people to twist things and make things crazy. But over time, he learned some things. And, And if you notice the order, by the way, which Paul and Barnabas have mentioned, Barnabas was mentioned first because at this point, Barnabas was the leader. Paul was still learning and growing. Later, Paul would become the leader of of the two of them. But, but what happens here is they drag him out of the city, supposing that he was what? Dead. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they, they, they missed some steps. And maybe you missed some steps parenting. Maybe you missed some steps professionally, educationally. 
Maybe you missed some steps relationally or, or physically. Maybe you didn't take care of your body the way you should. Maybe you, you've been eating the, the wrong things. But I want to tell you, God still knows how to keep you. Despite what happened to this man, God preserved him. Preserved him. Then watch 20. And it's, this is said here almost a matter of fact. And this is going to be the last verse and I'm done. However, when the disciples gathered around him, and this is why we need church. This is why we need other believers in our lives. When the disciples gathered around him, obviously they prayed. And whoever is praying for me, please don't stop because it's working. And I know I'm praying for you. And believe me, it's working. When the disciples gathered around him, who do you have in your life that can gather around you? That knows the name, knows how to call on that name. Thank God for the friends you grew up with. But I'm talking about some men and women of faith. That when you come in here, that they see past the church smile. That they see uh, beyond the perfume and they see, they, they, no, no, no. You need some prayer. Let, let, let's pull aside. Let, let, let's, let's pray together. I, I, I see something's going on here. We need to look at each other. You know, you can, you can hide on the other side of a stream or a computer. But when I see you, that's a different thing. And, you know, sometimes, you know, even with my children, they're grown and everything. But I got to get my eyes on them. I got to look at them. And I, I, you know, I can hear some things, but I got to look at them. When the disciples gathered around him, Psalm 34 says, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears attended to what cry. He rose up. Even when you make mistakes. Even when you make mistakes in church. And I'm not confessing anything right now, so don't think. <laughs> at least I don't know yet. Yeah, I look at my wife when I say stuff like that, make sure I'm okay. Even when you make mistakes with the things of God, God can still raise you up. He rose up and went into the city. He went back to the very people who tried to kill him. Do you have enough mercy and grace in your heart to go back to people who stoned you without picking up a stone yourself? But what I also see in this verse is just the, 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 the incredible character and nature of God. He allowed Paul. Now, Paul begins his epistles off saying, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ. Yeah, he's God's servant, but God also protected his dignity. And God let him leave the town on his own terms. They didn't carry him out. He went back into the city and walked out on his own legs. And there are some things that, that happen. God wants to switch that thing because God cares about your dignity. God cares uh, 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 about how you perceive yourself. And also he even cares more than, than you and even I do about how others perceive you. 
And Paul was like, I'm not going out that way. And he walked back into the city. And then the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derby. Now, here's my big point. And I'm going to end with this. After Paul was stoned, he was obviously scarred. When you read the epistles, he'll mention in certain places how they treated him like an angel, even though his physical appearance was marred. And he'd, he'd, he'd celebrate the church for that. Because you don't get stoned without some marks being left. And you, you, you don't get people hurling big, sharp rocks at your head and the rest of your body, and, and you just get up with, with, with your arm just as straight as it was when you laid down. So when he got up, I don't know if his arm went all the way up. I, 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 I don't know if his leg, I don't, I'm sure he probably got up with a limp, but he, he did get up. Scarred and all, the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derby. You see, God leaves scars in our lives sometimes to remind us that he heals. Okay, stay with me. Remember Thomas, and I'm, I'm, I'm done. Remember Thomas? He said, unless I can put my hand into his side, my finger into the hole in his head, I will not believe. Jesus was resurrected, but he still had scars. When we go to heaven, he will still be the scarred one because he's the representative of the covenant. And, and he bears these, these scars with honor and dignity because the scars are proof of the resurrection. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Here's the challenge. In order to be resurrected, you got to die. You'll never know anything about resurrection unless something has killed you. Okay. Peter said it this way. Do not be surprised by the fiery trial that comes to test you. The challenge is many of us are surprised. God, I didn't know it could hurt this bad. I didn't know you'd let someone do that to me. God, if you love me, how, 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 how is this happening? How could you lead me into that situation? But my Bible said, do not be surprised by the fire. How many know fire hurts? He didn't say trial, fiery trial. Yes, sir. I can only hold a match to my hand but so long. After a while, it begins to hurt. And what Peter was saying, don't be surprised by pain. Because Jesus said, I am the resurrection, meaning... There will be situations in your life where you are left there, lying there, dead. And unless somebody else come alongside and help you, you ain't getting up. 
And many times we're, we're in that situation. It's like, God, if you love me, how could that happen? He said, I am the resurrection. And I, see, see, you wanted God that will fix it. Now, now, we could sing that song. That's a good song. Jesus will fix it. But sometimes he chooses to resurrect it. But resurrection only happens after death. Do not be ashamed of your scars. The fact you survived them, to bear them, means God made you stronger than whatever tried to take you down, whatever tried to hurt you and harm you. So I am deeply scarred today. You are deeply scarred today. And it's a testament to a God that keeps and preserves and that will lift you up and raise you up. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember, you have what it takes in Christ to live big. We also invite you to partner with Derek Rear Ministries in bringing the life-changing and impactful teachings of God's Word to the world. Get started by visiting DerekRear.com by clicking the link in the description.